This episode is brought to you by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 238. We're recording this live Saturday morning. That's June 13th, 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Yes! And with me, as usual, in Canada, home turf, Mono a mono, Battle of the Province, Ottawa versus Toronto. Yes, it is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association and mega fan of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Nine games in a row. Nine wins in a row. Yeah, you know, I think you just jinxed it. Every time we talk about a sport on like the day before, or a couple of days before this gets published, yeah. it's like somebody gets eliminated, somebody gets hurt, the streak ends. Uh, well, yeah, this problem with I doing... thought it ended last night, but then all of a sudden they they storm back with nine runs in, in an inning. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, isn't that usually the way what that it goes? Say? Yes. I, I mean, with my Yankees, it's like they'll 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 crush a team 13 to 1 and then lose one nothing the next day. That always happened with the Expos too. I just hate that. I don't it's a law of uh, it's a law of baseball that if you pile on the runs one day, karma comes back and says, "Hey, look, you should have let up a little bit because you can only you're not going to score a run today. We're just going to make it so you don't score a run." It's the baseball gods. Baseball karma, man. Yeah. How are you doing, Mr. Asif Khan? I am doing very well. How was I, your uh, uh, how was your trip out to Boston uh, there? It's good. I was uh yeah, it was it was nice to be in Boston. Have don't get there as often uh, as I'd like, and uh, it was good. I was over to do uh, an event over at MIT with the MIT Forum, and uh, it was it was very very interesting. We had a really good panel uh, discussion with uh, with Urban Airship, and uh, Rob Murphy was there from Swirl. Uh, so it was interesting to hear about the you know how they're approaching the distribution uh, and uh, side of you know sort of getting. Um, uh, their SDK into apps, uh, multiple apps that the beacons can talk to, and uh, also, um, you know, they're starting to play in this uh, world of private ad exchanges, right? This Google AdWords bidding model inside of stores. So it was interesting to hear that perspective, and um, yeah, it was just it was just a good discussion all around. So uh, and nice to meet some of the folks down there and hear some of the interesting, crazy things people are working on, uh, at, as is always the case at MIT. So. Um, that yeah. not a school that sits still. No, and then uh, I, I uh, <laughs> so that I wrapped up that thing. I got back to my hotel like uh, it was an evening event. I got back to my room about about midnight, and then had to leave at uh, four uh, a.m. to go to the airport so that I could get to New York for uh, an eight thirty uh, a.m. Uh, start at uh, at the place conference, which was a full day of uh, indoor location and beacons. Uh, it, I believe it's the third year for that. Uh, could be wrong on that, but um, uh, it was a good event. Um, you know, a little bit different this year because they were. Uh, you know, it, it was definitely a representation of all the players in the industry and uh, a little bit more global uh, than past. Like the guys over from Unicast and Indoor Atlas and all those guys came over uh, and were part of it. 
And um, so they were, you know, it was interesting to um, kind of see how everybody was thinking. Jules Polensky uh, from the Future Privacy Forum spoke, talking about some of the issues there. Uh, so it was a well-rounded day on the whole world of indoor, uh, and even a few brands. If uh, you know, we're up there talking, and Jeff Donaldson from GameStop gave a, the opening keynote, um, sharing some of his thoughts. Uh, there was a guy from Marsh Supermarkets um, uh, that presented a case study with InMarket. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a good day, and then we had our own little event, uh, New York chapter event, that same evening. Um, and uh, a good discussion had there as well. So, you know, um, getting to the uh, to the end of it, uh, I've got one more trip this week. I'm just doing a uh, a quick uh, trip over to Chicago, uh, just for uh, an internal uh, event, uh, not a conference, but uh, and uh, and that's kind of it. I'm uh, you know it's summer mode after that, and uh, the kids are off school. Uh, the conference season slows down, so those things are aligning and. Uh, Hopefully, get to spend some time with them. Sleep and recover. Yes, sleep and recover. Oh my god! Yeah, that uh, you know the one thing that I did when I was uh, when I ran row for all those years is I traveled extensively. Maybe not as extensively as you. I don't know anybody who's on the road as much as you, Steve. But um, but uh, you know, it just it wears you down. Like it, I think that there's a a palpable buildup. There's an excitement that happens yeah. in September, October. You're like yes, we're on. We're doing. It. I've been waiting. A pent up interest and energy and i'm refreshed from the summer and then when you when you get into this time frame right because uh, the conference season does end at the end of june ultimately right but when you get to this point it's like god if i see another plane if i have to sit in another yeah. waiting oh, i know and that that's exactly yeah. that's exactly how i've been feeling the last week it's uh it's just like it's uh i don't know how how it was for you but for me what i find is like I'll go, go, go like crazy amount of travel uh, and like on planes every day. And especially with all this like international stuff I've been doing the last few weeks over to Asia, like twice in three weeks and back and Europe in the middle, Toronto in between. Um, it, it just um, like I'm tired, but I'm fine, right? Like it, mm -hmm. it's, you know, like it's, it's just the body's like kind of used to that. But then, as soon as I slow down, it's like Done. it's like all of a sudden it's like boom, and like you know the body realizes, okay, uh, we're out of this travel mode now, and it's time for you to get sick and and recover because like you know like I don't know what it is, but something sustains you through like all that, and then it's just like all of a sudden the body goes into this calm mode because it's not traveling anymore, yeah. and then it's just it's time for it's like, overwhelmed. It's time for you to get a cold or something. Well, you know, I uh, I, I smoked most of uh, my uh, teens and twenties. I quit when I was twenty nine, and uh, in in fact, I I quit um, March sixth, nineteen ninety nine. I'll remember that day forever. It was it was my uh, my weed free day. Good move. It was. It was a very good move. But uh, but I never got sick. I never got tired. I never got anything. Right. And and then when I quit, it was like I got pneumonia. I got you know laryngitis. I got you know everything that I had basically put off because I was petrifying my body in nicotine and caffeine up until that point. I, I got. And uh, so maybe that's what it is. Your body just says, okay, hey, great. We're liberated to get sick. We now know that the pressure's off, the tension's off, and and now we're gonna make you sick. Enjoy it, Asif. It means your yeah. body loves you. There you go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, so uh, this is uh, this is a great uh, week. We got uh, ten amazing stories, and I think some of them were inspired. At least my first story was inspired by your trip down to Boston because uh, you know Think is a Boston-based company. But um, yes, and obviously some of the things that you heard uh, around uh, you know aisle four one one's down there, aren't they in Boston? No, they're St. Louis. Oh, in St. Louis. Oh yeah, 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 St. Louis. They should be in Boston. They should be in Boston. 
That's exactly it. Um, and some of the big news items out of this, because we had uh, WWDC, Apple uh, started the week with uh, obviously this a flurry of uh, of, um, of announcements, including one of the stories that you're going to be talking about, which is about Apple Pay and Square. So this is a pretty great week to be doing this because so much happened in this past week. Uh, any reason why we shouldn't start it off now? We're no. done talking about baseball. We're done talking about uh, events. We can move forward. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I get to start this week, and here are the top 10 stories of the week in location-based marketing and contextual-based marketing and some mobile marketing in here as well. So I get to start off here there. Hold on one second. The last thing we have to do is listen to a word from our sponsor, and then we'll get into the top 10 stories. I promise. So here is our sponsor, Thinknear. This episode is brought to you by Thinknear. Here's co-founder John Hennigan to remind us we what they do. We specialize in delivering advertising solutions uh, for our customers that focus on location. They also help you save money on gas, whether you know it or not. They worked with a national fueling station with locations across the country. Brett Cohen explains what Thinknear did. One of the things we wanted to do with location is pull in local data and use it as part of the ad creative. We served mobile ads and in the banner creative, we actually piped in through an API local gas price information. It's actually telling them the lowest price gas in that, in that local area. And when they click through the ad, they could get a list of all the gas stations in their local area, say in the nearest one to two miles, and get the live real-time gas prices. We're giving them information that helps them make a better decision about where to buy their gas, where to buy their fuel, and that makes for a much better brand experience and a much better performance for the campaign. Think near, saving you money at the pump. And now, back to the show. All right, our first story, Asif. Ah, I'm a guy who, you know, I quit smoking, as I said, when I was 29 years old, and uh, I'm now 45, and I've been doing, uh, you know, quit for quite some time. It's been, it's been great. I've probably saved about $38,000. Think about that. The average median income in Canada is probably around that amount, and I've saved that just in you nuts. Can, you can send a kid to school, uh, one of your kids to school for uh, a semester. Yeah, at MIT or something like that. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, now I've, I've done this. What what is that? That's sixteen years almost, right? It'll, yeah, it's just sixteen. So sixteen years, I've saved thirty-eight thousand dollars. Wow, dude, amazing. Um, so listen, uh, the key thing here is uh, is to think about this. That why didn't I why didn't I do that before? You should do it before. But uh, here is uh, you know there are days where you are sitting, you're absolutely exhausted, or you're so stressed out. And we just talked about travel, and and it balances between the two, uh, being so stressed out and so uh, so tired. Um, now here is something that actually allows you to strap it to your brain and modify your mood. It's called Think T H Y N C. It is a wearable device. It uses low levels of pulsed electrical energy to signal specific neural pathways allowing users to dial up or dial down their stress and energy levels so think about that you actually attach it as you see here you you attach it onto your uh you, basically your frontal lobe of your brain of your skull and it attaches in the back depending on whether or not you want to increase uh energy or decrease stress or get relaxed um basically this alters the the brain into a, a blissful mode or a an energetic mode and and uh, i've read a bunch of reviews about this that it actually does work one of the reviews actually said that it 
feels like you visited Willie Nelson's uh, camper van when you get into the relax mode, which is maybe you feel a little high. Um, it's being marketed as a consumer lifestyle product, not a medical one. So the FDA does not have to get involved in this. It's been independently approved by the Underwriters Laboratory, a U.S.-based safety organization specializing in electronic defenses, de defenses, devices, electrical devices. And so this is really a, about uh, can you send low energy uh, electrical pulses to the brain to alter behavior? And I guess this does it. Now, I see if I believe in the regime of sleep diet and exercise because that normalizes uh, you know the functions of the body as opposed to overwhelming it so when i feel stressed i go and i literally drop what i'm doing and i'll go for a run or i'll drop what i'm doing and i'll go and lift the heaviest weights the most i can and then i leave feeling completely spent but my stress level is down and i know that that yeah. is probably the best way to do it and then i stay away from junk food which helps me feel less anxious with you know refined white sugar is crack you should never be eating sugar, you know. So the whole idea is that you can, I, I believe that you can regulate your own body or you can get lazy and then have a, a device like this regulate your body. If you need energy, it's like a, a pick-me-up or a boost. So uh, this is something that I'm, I'm interested in, but I would look for a natural way to do this, not to zap my brain with electrical pulses, even if they're low level. You don't know what this is going to do to you in five or 10 years, but you do know that if you don't eat, sleep, and drink responsibly or exercise responsibly, you will lead a very short life. That's my, that's my, that's my message. <laughs> I can't add anything to that. <laughs> yeah. Think All right. the wearable device that changes your mood. All right. Very good. Okay. Uh, our second story then is... Uh, from our good friends at Google. So this past week at the SMX conference in Paris, uh, a Google executive was on stage and talked about uh, something they're calling location-aware search. This is a new feature that lets you ask Google questions and get answers about places that are nearby without identifying the places by name. Examples that were given on stage from stage were, for example, you could ask how tall is it and this would cause Google to respond with a metric for the major building that you're standing nearby or how long is this river, uh, provide a measurement for the river located near the person. Um, you know, or uh, at the convention center uh, that the conference was happening at, the, uh, the, the speaker basically said call this conference center and Google called the conference center by understanding what conference center they were standing in. Um, so without typing anything into the search engine, without um, doing anything uh, in sort of traditional ways of search, we're using a combination of voice and location data to generate the search result or the action that's required. Uh, really cool, uh, you know, I think this is, you know, I've been talking for a while about, you know, you know, using images, uh, you know, and location data, and now we have voice and location data, and uh, this is the future of search, people. Get ready for it. Location-aware search from Google. You know, uh, so true. Uh, you know, w one of the observations that I had about WWDC was that the entire conference, the entire announcement set, that keynote, that three-and-a-half-hour keynote, was all boiled down to one word, which was context. It was yep. all about context. And this is stuff we've been talking about for quite some time here. And, and you're starting to see this come true as a result of this. And, and I, 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 for one, I, I love this, is that, um, is that context is the most important. When you take, what do you, what do you, what do you call it? People, places, media, Asif? Yes. Yeah. Wow. The intersection of people, places, media? That's called context. 
Context. Yeah. Context. yeah, it's the big battle that's heating up between Apple and Google. Yes, ab so freaking lutely. And, and there's a good book out there by Robert Scoble and uh, Shay Israel, uh, which is called The Age of Context. It's a couple of years old, and uh, and it's a good read. It's available on Audible, and uh, that's where I got it. And it was a it was a a very valuable read. Probably a little bit outdated, but still the the things inside of it um, will should resonate with you. Yeah, Age there you of go. Age of context. All right, so from uh, context, how about sitting in a grocery store and uh, using <laughs> using the pulse of the earth, basically, magnetic positioning in order to be able to get deals pushed to you. This is, we talked about Indoor Atlas, we talked about Aisle 411 for, you know, forever. I think we both love these companies very much. Yeah. Um, and and they, they've done such a great job in in uh, establishing themselves in, in, in their markets. And Indoor Atlas, I see this is about magnetic positioning. Basically, using the Earth's magnetic position to be able to um, uh, tell you where you are, right, uh, within a couple of meters. So no, no beacons, no Wi-Fi, just using the Earth to tell you where you are. This is one of the coolest things, and we've raved about this many times before on many other episodes. And aisle four one one is exactly that. It's like in aisle location aware technology. And now, of course, they've partnered, which absolutely makes sense to offer this kind of magnetic positioning to advertisers and retailers inside of a store. Now, there's not much more to this other than then I think this is a great idea when you take something as uh, as, as available uh, as Indoor Atlas offers. Basically, it's cross-platform without beacons, without having to do anything on that beacon side. And um, you can use it on Android and iOS. It, it works very well. And the accuracy is between one and two meters. The only thing I take, it, <laughs> I take kind of exception to is in, in the press release, the, uh, who is it? Um, the president, uh, what, what's his name? Vib? Vibe. Vibe Vagamons says, um, uh, I mean, the great thing he says is that it can replace 90% of beacons. So like when we talk about beacons, people have always talked about this, Asif, where, where it's great, they're cheap, they're inexpensive, and, and we're going to be talking about Facebook and beacons in a second. But but the problem is the maintenance of the beacons, we've realized very quickly, is not cheap and not inexpensive. When things go bad and things get broken or things need to be upgraded or you need to replace batteries, it's a big challenge. But um, but this is where I, I love what they're doing with Indoor Atlas is that you can if you can kind of skip the the whole beacon space... I'm not saying you avoid it, but maybe you, you re reduce your uh, reliance on, on beacons. But he says, uh, imagine standing in line for prescription and you get an offer for fresh bread in the bakery of your, on your smartphone. I'm like, that's not a good example. That's not, that's out of context. You know what I'm saying? He said, yeah. You know, know what? So one, one of the interesting things, just sort of sidebar to this is um, Vibe uh, was one of the presenters at the place conference this week. And... Um, you know, it was really, I mean, I love these guys. I love the technology. Always and have. You always have. I always have. Yeah. By definition, uh, you know, in order for this to work, they have to go out and they have to sort of uh, create a magnetic fingerprint, uh, a map, if you will, of, of all these buildings. Mm -hmm. And then basically you match that, you know, the compass readings on your on your smartphone from, from the magnetics there against, you know, this fingerprint and you know where people are. That's how it works in, in very simple context. But... He was talking about this exercise of going out and 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 fingerprinting, uh, you know, all, every building on the planet, and um, and it's interesting because they, uh, you know, we covered these guys a little while ago. In that Baidu uh, put a big uh, investment into them. They're opening an office in China right now, and he said like they've hired Baidu has basically, you know, with this money they've hired like hundred a couple hundred people. That are their full time job is going out and doing this this mapping this fingerprinting of these buildings and so they're they're covering like every building in China wow. at the moment 
uh, and they're going out and doing this, and they expect that that will take a couple of years, but they'll have every building in China mapped. And he likened it to you know the Google Street View uh, cars driving all over the world. Um, but once this is done, it's done, and it's, it'll take you know a few years to get there. But you know it, it's it's a worthwhile exercise that you know basically will position you know hardware free you know uh, positioning. Uh, and where Google, I mean, it's estimated Google spends somewhere in the neighborhood of about a billion dollars a year doing, uh, you know, Street View and, and this kind of mapping, right? Um, and and I'm not sure that they're going to spend a billion dollars a year uh, to do this, but who knows? But it's a significant exercise uh, to do that. Uh, and companies like Baidu are getting in there and funding this and making this happen. So, Love it. Uh, anyhow, so Indoor Atlas. But you know, I see if I wonder what the implication of all of this is. Like, I love it. I, I just wrote it down. It's like the, the, you know, remember when we mapped the genome, uh, right? Mm -hmm. Our genome. It, it, I mean, it took many more than two years to do, but yeah. the, the outcome has been incredible. New industry has been built on upon it. New diseases have, you know, we've shed light on new disease and cures. So I look at this as the kind of the, you know, Earth's magnetic genome. That's what they're uncovering. And I think it's, it's very fascinating. But I, I got a question quickly about what you think about Apple, because Apple has now equipped vans to go and do what Google did for Google Street View and Google Maps, exactly. right? This is, this is, we're not talking about, we've always maintained this, is that, you know, it all starts here with accurate location data, right? And that's exactly what they're trying to do. Like, and this is how much money they're pouring into yeah. it. It's crazy. Well, it's the big problem in the industry overall, right, is the accuracy of that place data, right? And so whether you, you have to go magnetically, fingerprint buildings, you have to send Street View trucks around, or Apple has to send cars around to go do this mapping, or you have guys like XAD and ThinkNear and Place IQ and all these guys trying to focus on the quality uh, and accuracy of that data, that that is the the work you know in the early days of an industry. We're still the early days of this industry that has to get done. It's the foundation. It's the building blocks that will allow us to do all the crazy things that we want to do. You know that we talk about, um, but you know we haven't been able to really do at scale yet because of some of these issues. So. I applaud all these efforts. Accuracy is the number one issue in the industry. It's the, it is the thing. It is the thing. So Indoor Atlas partnering with Al411 to get a little bit more accurate. Maybe not to send me bread when I'm in the in the uh, pharmacy. Maybe that's yeah. not. That's it's kind of like a yeah too too simple an example. That's like, all right. Yeah, VBA. Okay. We'll, we'll forgive you. All right. On to the next story. Next story. I like this one. This is our fourth story. This is a, a pretty cool partnership between Marriott Hotels. And Netflix, they call it Travel Brilliantly. So, you know, perhaps you're part of the Netflix generation. Perhaps you've uh, moved off of traditional cable uh, television programming and, and paying, uh, you know, the fees uh, that you pay to your cable TV uh, provider. But uh, here's something cool. If you are a Netflix customer now and uh, you're in the middle of your, uh, your binge watching of Orange is the New Black or... Uh, uh, House of Cards or whatever the show is that you watch on Netflix. Guess what? If you're if you have to travel somewhere and you're on the road and you decide to stay at a Marriott hotel, well now when you uh, when you check in and you get to your hotel room, you can flip on the TV and wherever you were in in your Netflix consumption can carry right through to your hotel room. Um, pretty cool. So instead of you just having to limit that, um, you know, when you're on the road to your laptop or or uh, or your your device, your mobile device, or whatever it is that you you would be watching it on, now you can actually watch it on the hotel room TV um, through your existing Netflix account uh, and just pick up where you left off. 
brilliant. Uh, this makes a lot of sense to me, and I like it. Yeah, I, I do. I do as well, and uh, just simply because uh, oftentimes it's why I like um, uh, you know uh, even I use Wistia for video hosting. So any video that you're watching on on Tether.tv yeah. or, or uh, the LBMA.com for this episode is done by Wistia, and on on a Tether site because we haven't done it with uh, with at the LBMA, you'll see that if you start a video. Uh, and then you um, you come back to the page. You don't finish it. And you come back to the page. It'll tell you where you left off, and it'll get you to start. I think that yeah. that kind of stuff. It, I mean, it's just small little nuanced things that that add value. And when when you got something like Netflix, it works it works exceptionally well. Although I travel with my laptop, so it, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Yeah, but, but it's about screen size, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you want to watch it on the big big screen in the hotel room, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I guess it means that I don't have to carry my Apple TV with me, which is what I've often done as well, right? Have you watched any of the Sense Eight? It was a new series that was just released last no. week. It's about eight gifted people that are the evolution of mankind that oh, are connected nice. telekinetically. Uh, you know, it is a it is a very interesting show. It is a very interesting. I I, I recommend it. It's not like fast paced and action throughout the whole thing, but it I, I I was drawn in to it. I'm amazed. I was amazed. Anyways, with with, with services like Netflix. And and the the, the uh, shows that they're coming up with, and uh, even AMC, what they've done with Turn and uh, yeah. The Walking Dead, and, and all of these independent little channels like this—not little, but independent channels—that are moving away from traditional broadcasting. Uh, I think TV's fucked, quite frankly, because yeah, no, these it's, shows it's... are way better. And and the highly anticipated show uh, uh, that I sat down to try to watch, which was um, what's that guy that eats people? The what? The guy that eats people. I don't know. He was a Silence of the Lambs character, right? Uh, and oh, then, Hannibal Lecter. Ha- Hannibal, right? Uh, so, yeah, sorry. Total, I lost that. But uh, yeah, yeah. I sat down to watch it, and I'm like, this is terrible. I Don't offend anybody. I know it's the beginning of season three, but I couldn't get into it at all. But I look at what uh, what HBO, what Netflix, and what AMC is doing, and, and TV TV's future is dim when if you're not in one of those organizations. Anyways, so. There you go. All right. I think Rob, you should uh, reach out to the folks at Netflix and send them something like a nomadic gift. <laughs> I'm gonna send them. Uh, you know, I often joke about Asif doing aggressive letter writing campaigns, but now I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not using the postal service anymore. I'm going to start sending them by pigeon carrier, carrier pigeon. How's that? Yeah, that is what I'm going to do. It's called. Our next story involves the messenger. This is a uh, what they call a regiftable gift. And it is in the shape of a pigeon, and it's inspired by literally the pigeon, the the uh, history, right? When we're talking about uh, carrier pigeons and the way that the uh, during the, in the armies, obviously in the army, and obviously if you watch uh, Game of Thrones, li- listen, pigeons have been used forever to be able to send messages, and now this is something called the messenger. It's at nomadicgifts.com. You literally handwrite a message. Handwrite a message, roll it up, and, and you'll see in this video. And you stick it into the uh, into a, a carved ceramic. Uh, uh, I I don't even know. It's like a statue or a bust of a, of a pigeon. And you put it in a box and you send it to the person that you want to send it to. And then what you do, what they do with it is they unfurl the the um, the message. They read the message and then they reuse it. They write their own message in it and send it to a person. And and so the, the beautiful thing about this is that it's trackable. So you can look at it on a map and you can watch where your gift ends up all around the world. Ultimately, mm-hmm. is what happens. So it requires you to send it. You you're the initiator, and then you hope that some people kind of send it on and and send messages this way. And it creates this kind of social network connection network on a map around uh, around this one message that you start it's like message in a bottle but with a carrier pigeon that's made 
out of yeah. ceramic, uh, yeah, pottery. Basically, it's it's fascinating. I'm a little afraid, but I'm going to put this out there, Rob. I'm going to say, look, if you're listening to this and you're somehow connected, you've received one of these messages, feel free to reach out to Rob or I and send us <laughs> the pigeon, and yeah. we 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 will we will write a little letter and send it on. I love it. Yeah, let's do I, it. This is this is like uh, you know you hear all these stories about messages in a bottle being washed up onto the yeah. sea and, and and all these. I, I'm I'm so fascinated by by the way this does or people tracking serial numbers of dollar bills to find out where they where they end up going or write you know drawing something on it and, and maybe 15 years or 20 years or 30 years down the road it ends up back in their wallet uh, if there was such a thing as a dollar bill in Canada. But this thing actually raised over fifteen thousand dollars on Kickstarter. 140 backers. They're starting to roll these out and uh, I um you know what. It's a combination of real life, IRL and uh, and digital, wrapped up in a map with a little bit of location and uh, location tracking. It's called the Messenger, and I swear to you, go go and take take a look at this and, and see if you can actually uh, you can get this right now. It's 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 pretty cool, simple. There you go. Yeah. All right, our sixth story is a big one. Uh, so coming out of the uh, the Worldwide Developers Conference uh, uh, that Apple had this week. Uh, one of the announcements, you know, we won't even talk about the music stuff because, you know, it's just, it's huge. It's huge. Uh, who knows, who knows what's going to happen to Spotify in response to that. But anyways, uh, the, I think the bigger, uh, implication for our industry is the announcement that Apple made, uh, that they've, uh, signed a partnership agreement with Square. And so let's give this some context and, and explain why this is important. So, First of all, you know that Apple Pay has been growing. Uh, you know, more every week they announce more merchants. Finally, Discover Card is on the platform now. Uh, wasn't part of the original uh, set of credit card companies that they, that they uh, agreed to work with, uh, but it looks like all the major credit cards are now on board. It looks like a number of uh, of banks have come on board. Um, but uh, there's really been there's been two areas uh, of. Uh, uh, I'll say slower adoption for Apple. One is with the uh, the small and medium-sized merchant market uh, who can't afford to roll out these readers, and the second is with uh, you know major retail chains that for the most part have stayed part of the MCX currency uh, initiative, which we haven't heard much from. Um, partly because of the uh, desire for them to kind of maintain their focus on uh, on the consumers using their store branded loyalty cards. So you know you have a a Kohl's credit card or you know whatever the case might be. Um, and so both of those things were addressed this week. So in the first one, what they've done is is they've said, look, starting this fall. Uh, Square, uh, who's already in all the small medium businesses, that's their 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 bread and butter, uh, is going to uh, issue a uh, a reader um, uh, or, or alter their readers to support Apple Pay, so they can read the NFC transaction that's coming from Apple Pay. All of a sudden, opening up this huge market uh, for Apple uh, in the SMB world. That's that is a major major move. Uh, the second piece is, is that uh, Apple has uh, worked with guys like Kohl's that I mentioned, and they've said, look, we will support now these closed-loop, what's called closed-loop retailer cards and loyalty cards within the Wallet app. Um, and by the way, Wallet now, it's not no longer Passbook, it's now Apple Wallet. Uh, that was a part of the, uh, the, the renaming, rebranding uh, that came out this week. So uh, these are two big initiatives because the, the problem was with on the on the big merchant side with with somebody like Kohl's or Be uh, by the way Best Buy is also now on board and they were one of the holdouts. 
Um, sorry, I just kicked my uh, my table. Um, Best Buy was one of the holdouts, and, and so the issue with this was is you'd go in uh, to a merchant and you'd use Apple Pay uh, to complete the transaction, but you had no way to you know take your 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 store branded card that was you know uh, stored in the wallet and push that up to the the top as the one that you wanted to use in this particular case it would just automatically say well i've got my amex card or my mastercard or my whatever stored in there and it's going to use the default one that you've you've got set for itunes or whatever it is um, and so we needed this way to kind of surface up and say okay no 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 this is the card i want to use in this particular instance um, and so that's now happening, and that's fantastic, and that will that will win over, I think, the rest of the the major uh, uh, department store and and uh, and big box chains that uh, that have been holding out. You know what's funny about that is that the MCX guys um, said that look, look um, we won't accept Apple Pay in our stores, right? So yeah. in, instead of instead of waiting for them to turn their mind in, I think that actually one of them, I think it may have been Best Buy or Staples, said, no, 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 I'm going to accept, uh, I'm going to accept Apple Pay. Thank you very much. And and so there's there's fractures there, but it's very yeah. interesting to say that Apple was the one who approached them and made this modification or made this. Uh, yeah, they've been working. Uh, Apple's been going up with yeah. these guys and 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 kind of you know they've been doing the right things. They've been sitting down with these guys, figuring out what their issues are. You know, working with them to make it uh, make it something that's uh, you know that makes sense for both parties, uh, and then uh, obviously Apple's continuing on the the geographic expansion. They announced that they're going into the UK. What is that? Uh, shortly, We're not Canada. Yeah, I know. We're and right July, above you. July apparently it launches in the UK with a bunch of uh, of, of major uh, people on board. So they've got. Uh, the uh, let's see, M&S Bank, Bank of Scotland, Halifax, Ulster Bank, NatWest, American Express, and Santander, RBS, Nationwide, HSBC, and the London Transit System. That's insane. That's huge. That's gonna be great. Um, yeah, two hundred and fifty thousand merchant locations already signed up in the UK. Uh, I, 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 from what I've heard, we don't get it until November. Well, it's just, you know, we only have three banks up here. You don't have yeah. to go and create a thousand relationships, yeah. just the three. And I yeah. wonder if that is a, a good thing or if that actually stifles innovation because yeah. the big three own Canada, basically. So if they say no or if they're demanding terms that are un, unreasonable or reasonable for them but not for Apple, they, they bypass Canada and go off and, and fight the battle somewhere else. I don't know. But November is too far away. God damn it! Oh, I know. I can't. I can't wait, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have yeah. a US-based uh, um, iTunes account and everything like that. I have a, but but the, the challenge is, is that um, my credit card associated with that is no longer a credit card associated with a US address, so it won't accept it, right? So you cannot use a Canadian credit card or Canadian anything, uh, even if you have a US account. No, I know. It's 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 yeah. frustrating. Um, well, maybe now that it's going to the UK and all these banks are over there and, and, and our good friend, the former governor of the Bank of Canada, yeah, Mark exactly. Carney, is now running the Bank of, uh, of England. Maybe he can like, you know, talk to his friends over here and say, like, just get it done already. Our, we've done it. You know, like, get it done. Send, send so. a good word. Well, he's, yeah. been, he's the innovator, right? Uh, you, you know, in, when we lost him or when he stepped yeah. aside. And, and well, he did such a good job. Like, yeah. like you know, they, they, they kicked him out and said, like, you know, go run England. But this thing with Apple, with, with Apple and Square, is significant because of what Jack Dorsey is now going to take over, retake over the CEO ship of uh, of Twitter, and it kind of leaves. There's a lot of question about what's happening with Square, and and does this make them ripe for for acquisition or for amalgamation, or could could uh, Apple just pick up Square because their devices are beautiful? And when I talk to 
the small businesses, which was their bread and butter, which is I was very critical of Square to move away from their bread and butter. But when I talk to small businesses out in the field who are using Square, they freaking love it. They love it. And there is no other provider. Yeah. No, like no, no, everywhere I went, it was all Square cool. registers, right? It's square. So if they want a foothold, um, maybe Apple does this. Um, and and uh, I, I, this is a smart move by Apple, playing the mediator between all of these different payment systems. Smart guys. Speaking of predictions like yes. that, um, I, I will share this one completely off topic. But on the panel at, uh, at the New York chapter uh, event this past week, uh, Jason Newport from uh, Den Dentsu Aegis uh, Group, the big agency uh, group there, and huge retail uh, focus these days. Um, I, I mean, these guys are massive. I don't know if you know these guys, Rob, but like they, they own everything. Like it's, they own poster scope now. They wow. own all these. Anyways, he, he at the end of uh, like his closing comments, he's like, he, throw, he just randomly he goes, I, here's my prediction for you know, what's going to happen uh, you know, in the next year. And, uh, and we're all like sitting there going, okay, what is, what is, what's he going to say? He's like, Facebook is going to acquire Sprint and become a full carrier. That's what he says. Wow. He's like, they're going to buy Sprint and they're going to become a full mobile operator. I'm like, okay. Well, Jason Newport, people. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's probably cheaper than what Google's trying to do and become yeah. a carrier by building it, right? Yeah. Wow. Building the infrastructure of fiber. So, All that right. That would be an interesting one. Anyhow. Jason, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, on to our eighth story. On to our eighth uh, story. Our, our yes. good friends at Verve Mobile. Verve, uh, you know, fantastic location-based mobile uh, marketing platform company. They have gone out and acquired a company called Fosbury. Uh, Fosbury is a beacon uh, provider that's uh, been playing around in the uh, in the payment space, primarily around using beacons as a payment uh, platform. And uh, so they've gone out and made this acquisition. Um, you know, this, this is interesting for me because what we're seeing here is this continued move in the industry that, you know, takes the guys like Verve, the XADs, the Think Nears, the Urban Airships, you know, all these guys that sort of play in the space of what I'll say is about driving traffic to a, to a store. And, you know, either they're partnering or they're buying, in this case, uh, companies that give them access to what happens inside the store. So, so it's this it's this sort of need to kind of like do this horizontal integration piece and a bit of a maturity in the market. And this is like for me, this is a great sign because you know we saw Urban Airship go out and partner with Gimbal. Um, you see All Four One One and Indoor Atlas coming together. Uh, you know, both of those are indoor plays, but there, there's a bit of that sort of uh, retargeting piece from the online offline piece that comes from that. Uh, and now you have Verve going out and doing a deal with uh, with Fos or buying this company called Fosbury, which gives them the ability to you know to to roll out beacons and do all that other stuff. So, I expect more of these deals. This is a great deal. I don't know what there was no I didn't see any numbers on the deal, uh, but Fosbury has been around since 2012. Uh, they work with guys like American Express uh, is is one of their main clients. Um, so um, significant, I think, uh, or at least a good sign in the industry that. You know, the guys who play on the outside of the store are, are teaming up with the guys on the inside of the store. Uh, and then we'll see the, the final piece uh, of that c come together, which is the, you know, the things like Apple Pay, the NFC, the transactional piece, right? So we need to drive traffic to the store. That's Verve. We need to understand what's happening in the store. That's Fosbury. And then ultimately, we need to like understand what happens at the transaction level. And that's where, you know, 
the Apple Pays and the Amexes and all that stuff, you know, tie it all together, and it's the full, the full, the full cycle. And then the next battle around who owns all of that data will, uh, will yeah, emerge. Exactly. Yeah. That's where that's where it's gonna uh, where it's gonna hit. Um, I this is that, that that plays well into our next story around what Facebook is doing and giving away free beacons, free beacons for all SMBs, free yeah. beacons, beacons Amazing. for everybody, beacons everywhere. Well, I, this is this is a great story. I, I mean, we've talked about beacons forever, and I think that uh, you, you know, as the hype cycle uh, diminishes on beacons and they just become part of the kind of the fabric of what we're doing here uh, in, in location and marketing and context, um, you know, it makes sense for Facebook. Now, Facebook's big challenge is the fact that they are so dominant online, and now they want to be able to even target things a little bit better when you're when as a result of your offline behaviors. And that's where it fits out. So if you think about people, a billion people carrying the Facebook app around on their smartphones, cross-platform, even uh, J2ME devices like dumb phones or feature phones, then you've also got 700 million people using the Messenger app, the Facebook Messenger app. So and then you've got people using, I don't know how many, 300 million people using Instagram, right? So you, you've got like just billions of people using these devices, these tools every single freaking day. And then, so now the idea is to blanket the world of SMBs with with these beacons. And this is an extension of what they were really, their, their play steps feature, which they rolled out in January. So they're literally going to give beacons, one beacon to stores. They've done this uh, big test in New York City. And now they're, to, they're expanding this to all businesses in the United States. And they have, um, you can request a free beacon for your physical store. And these are, you know, you know what beacons are. But they can't advertise yet through place tips. Uh, but you can see the potential, obviously, about what happens with this. Is that I believe this is a way to track our offline behaviors and put make sure that the highly targeted messages come in the online world to drive yeah. offline buys. Right? Exactly what what the guys at Unicast are trying. Absolutely, to do. absolutely. But the thing is, they don't have the clout like Facebook does, right? So f Facebook, the key, the key. Well, to this I, I think the di the difference is is that you have one ecosystem in Facebook, and then yeah. you have you know, the Unicast approaches. Is we're going to go out and partner with everybody else yeah. uh, and kind of build that wider, you know, uh, cross platform ecosystem. But but even if you take all of Unicast partnerships and users and everything, it does not equate the clout and the number of yeah. users that Facebook not has. Yet. Well, that but like you got to think like you know the key for a beacon to work. And we've always talked about this is seeding appropriately the app, right? You have to be able to have a something to receive the beacon. That's and right. If right now everybody has Facebook or everybody has Instagram or everybody has Messenger installed on the device, this is the gateway because Facebook can do that. So now, as a passively, they can collect the data that they bring in from you walking into a Starbucks or walking into a shoe store or walking into your local grocery store, and they can they know where you shop, and then they can tailor their messages much better online and in mobile based on your not only your online history as through you know the things that you've liked in Facebook or your friends or the social graph but also where you've walked around where you've stopped where you've had dinner where you've you know what movies you've gone to uh, this this is massive man like if they can if they can if there's interest from this SMBs which maybe there isn't because I don't know if there is or not but if there's interest there there has to be value to them but from Facebook standpoint it's just a data collection it, they own the data oh it's it's, it's a great move Great but move. but I, I can see some there's there's huge concerns around privacy data ownership the value for the SMBs uh, and this is you know people even online what you can do is you can you can take a one by one 
transparent pixel in fa from Facebook and you put it on your website and that will go back and it will collect data for you on behalf of anybody who's logged in with Facebook, you'll be able to see their demographics. So you get a snapshot of the people, an ongoing deep snapshot of the types of people that visit your website. So if you're a retailer, if you're a, you know, a blog, whatever it might be, you'll be able to see the types of people based on the Facebook profile about who comes to your website. That's basically a digital cookie, digital footprint. Now they're trying to do that when they when they take it into the physical store and it only makes sense. But again, Facebook owns that data, man. It is like it is it is crazy to think about a closed network like this. So that's on the negative side. On the positive side, this is crazy. Like the amount of data they're gonna collect is insane. Unbelievable. Wow. Facebook. Good move. But Good move. Millions and, of people. You know, and I think that's that's one of the big themes we're seeing this year in the industry, right? Is this online, offline, yes. blending in data, the cookie that I continually talk about. Um, <laughs> It is, uh, you know, it's finally people are eating it. So there you go. <laughs> They're chomping um, on the cookie. Why doesn't Facebook just give us a chip, yeah. implant us with a chip, or give us something that we can ingest that will just track us, track yeah. the humans? Because that will happen. Yeah. If you're feeling hungry, because we're talking about that, uh, our last story. Nice transition. Might be interesting. Might be interesting for you. So here we go. Uh, this is called Le Petit Chef. And uh, so, you know, you go to a restaurant and you're sitting there and uh, you order your food and you're waiting, uh, you know, for, for them to, uh, to prepare your food and, and bring it to the table. And while you're waiting, you know, what usually happens? Sometimes, uh, you know, you maybe have a conversation with your colleagues that are there. Um, more often than not these days, we're sitting there playing on our, on our mobile devices and, uh, you know, seeing if the Jays are, uh, you know, coming back in the seventh inning or not. Um, well, instead of that, uh, how about a little entertainment at your table designed by a company called Skull Mapping um, and uh, an artistic collective, they call it, uh, run by Philippe, uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, Philippe Stersik and Antoon Verbeek uh, are the two guys behind this uh, at Skull Mapping. They've created uh, Le Petit Chef, which is a performance that is projected. Uh, this is a 3D mapping uh, projection onto your plate. Okay, so picture this. You've ordered your food. You've got your plate sitting in front of you. Uh, it's empty while your food's being made. And using 3D mapping projections, basically you look at your plate and there's this little chef that steps out of a manhole in your plate uh, and starts preparing the meal for you. And so like basically he's preparing the meal, you're being entertained, and then by the time he's done, the actual meal arrives, and away you go. Um, interesting, kind of cool, it's kind of cool, it's different. Um, you know, I don't know how often they change this up, um, because I don't know if I eat the same place all the time, I don't know if I want to see the same, the same thing over and over again, but I think it's kind of interesting, it's kind of fun. Um, you know, as a destination restaurant kind of thing, I think this is kind of, uh, you know, it would be entertaining. I think my, my kids would love it. So, um, I don't know. There you go. 3D, 3D mapping on your plate. Throwing it like an Oculus Rift, right, experience in there, and you could do that yeah, very yeah. effectively. But this is more like when you go to, um, you know, like when you go to like the, uh, I don't know, like uh, Toronto Maple Leafs or, or like the hockey games or whatever, and like I don't, I do this so crazy record, light, light projection for, stuff. For the record, like, to see if I don't, I don't go to Maple Leaf games, right? Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, or maybe you go to the Ottawa Senators games, but I don't know if they do it. I don't know if they do it in the Ottawa uh, Senators arena. But pre-game, they usually do all this big, like, 3D mapping projection stuff on the ice, and you know, uh, and you'll see like video and all kinds of crazy stuff. That's basically what this is. 
but on your plate at a restaurant. And this little man coming out and preparing a meal. Yeah, this tiny little chef. My my kids would eat that up, that's for sure. Yeah. So there you go. Check it out. Le Petit Chef. I thought the story was going to be about 3D printing my food while I was sitting there watching it. Yeah, be, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. No. Anyhow. They did. They 3D printed a uh, burger, and I think it was like the equivalent to about $10,000 for that burger. I don't think I could eat 3D printed food. Yeah. Maybe I am already. I'm not sure. Maybe. Who knows? All right. Le Petit Chef. All right. So those are the top 10 stories of this past week. Insane stories. And you know what? I'm going to assume, Asif, that you have to throw away like some some amazing stories. I do because there's just not enough time. There's not. I mean, like, there's. Uh, I, mean, I would say on an average week, we there there could be 25 stories. Yeah. Um, but no. And uh, you know, we used to do five stories, and it was hard to get those five stories right. So 10 stories is insane. Like, and 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 they're not bad stories, which is the best thing. They're great stories. Man. So, All right. There you well, go. If your story wasn't in there, that's your fault. You can reach out to us, Rob at untether.tv or Seif at thelbma.com. Uh, I have a quick message for you guys out there who are listening still to this point before we get to a resource and then we're going to wrap it up. Uh, listen, you know, this this show is, is done out of the uh, kind heart of Asif who actually goes out and finds these stories based on his world travels. Based on the conferences that he goes to, based on based on the news in the industry, and we try to put this context around this contextual spin around the context around location based and contextual based marketing. Um, so we do this completely volunteer. So Asif, it probably takes him a bunch of hours a week to accumulate these these articles. Uh, then we research these articles. Then when we're done this. There's a whole production piece. So if you've never seen the video side, if you've just listened to it on audio, uh, the, the audio and the video are produced a little bit. The video actually has graphics and kind of stuff, you know, like videos would do. It's more of a talking end. But it takes maybe three or four hours to actually produce these episodes every every single week. So probably in the course of one week, Asif and I combined probably spend about a day and a half, would you say, of our yeah. of, of, of time on this. It might not seem a lot. But it is. It's a day and a half, a week that we produced here. This is 238 consecutive weeks. That's almost an entire, that's two-thirds of a year we've spent building this out over the last four years. Um, and, and so what we're looking for out there is, is a little bit of support. So we have a, we have a Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash untether. Uh, and we're looking for you guys out there who are listening to this, who, who just value this information, whether you listen to it every day or once a month, or you reach out to us in any way, or we, you ask for our opinion, you know, what's that worth to you? And we don't, I don't know. I honestly do not know. We have sponsors that come onto the show, uh, but it's, it's whatever you find value. If you take some of these ideas and you create a business out of it, it's worth a little bit more. We've had guys who have actually learned how to speak English as a result of this. Maybe that's not worth anything because my language skills aren't great. But the, the anything that you find of value, it would be really amazing if you could support us at patreon.com forward slash untether. Uh, you know, all of that money goes towards supporting this, augmenting this, putting a Asif and I in the same room, maybe bringing on some guests. It would be wonderful. And, and, and it's very targeted towards this show. The second way you can do this, if you're an organization that has been funded with oodles and oodles and oodles of cash, we've featured you prominently on the show over the past number of years, or out of the kindness of your heart or the value you get from this, from the hundreds of thousands of people who listen to this show, you want to reach them, come on and sponsor us. 
We'll take one. We'll take two sponsors. That is it. There is no other uh, room for this. We have a sponsor. We're looking for another one. If you find value and if you want to reach this audience, if you want to keep this show going through for you know forever, for as long as this industry will have us, um, you know, sponsor the show. Let us do this. We would really, really appreciate it, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to do it. But we would love to be able to augment what we're doing here with some live stuff, some more guests, those kinds of things. Spend a little bit more time on it. And uh, and we already spend a considerable amount of it. So those are the two ways. Untether. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash untether. Contribute a couple of bucks if you're a listener. That is just an ongoing thing that would help us, motivate us, and keep us in the loop. As well as if you're a big company or a, a medium-sized company or a small company that wants to reach our audience, sponsor the damn show. That's it. That's my plea. We spend a lot of time on this. We love doing it. But we would love, love, love to uh, make it worthwhile and, and keep adding and can, and uh, and making it better. So those are the two ways you can do it. That's my plea. I hate begging. You know, it's just so, it's tough, you know. But we spend a lot of time on this, Asif. There's got to be something. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um, on to the resource, man. you got a good resource for us. Quick resource. Yeah. Our doing? good friends at XAD have put out a pretty uh, interesting infographic uh, this week called just simply called The Meaning of Local. Uh, so if you go to uh, thelbma.com forward slash research, you can find it there or just go to XAD uh, directly uh, on their site and you can find it there as well. Um, and it's just basically trying to look at this uh, urban um, versus rural consumer and what local means to them in a mobile smartphone uh, context. So it's got some some numbers like uh, rural consumers are willing to travel 42% further than urbanites for a sports game, 26% further for a movie or a doctor's appointment. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's got some interesting things on distance to, uh, you know, get to, uh, to a store or, 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 or to whatever it is you need uh, and, and contrasting the suburban urban um, uh, environment. Suburban parents are 88% more likely to take their kids to extracurricular activities than urban parents. I can right? see that. So, yeah. So there's some interesting little numbers in here. Take a look at it. Uh, again, it's uh, from XAD. Uh, it's called The Meaning of Local, and you can find it on their site or on the LBMA Research tab. There you go. That's uh, that's great. That's good. <laughs> I can understand urban urban versus suburban. Yes. I don't even know what I am. I'm suburban yeah. and urban. Um, I have one question for you guys out there before we sign off. How many of you saw Jurassic World this week? How many of you saw that movie? And I'd love to hear your response. Reach out to me at Rob Woodbridge on Twitter. Let me know how many of you out there saw the movie Jurassic World and what'd you think of it? Asif, that's it, my friend. We'll see you next week for episode number 239 from Toronto again in the same province. Yeah. Yes, sir. In Toronto. Sweet. Thank you all out there who are listening or watching wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Really appreciate your time. And we'll see you next week. Asif, enjoy Chicago. The end is near, my Cheers. friend. The end is near. <laughs>